the big girls love that. Chicks love the last shot opportunity. Somebody give me a napkin so I can wipe my mouth. Ah. I mean, I know you were telling me about we were talking about people who influenced me. And the greatest influence, the, the, the person I would say would be Jackie Robinson for what he had to endure because he was like Martin Luther King mm. of what he had to endure. You know, he didn't get beaten, but he was so abused by, you know, people just chanting. Could you imagine being in a crowd of people and people freely saying the word nigga? over and over again every single game every single game you played and these dudes play every day every day and to endure that he had the he had the biggest sack of balls I've ever seen we don't want Jackie Robinson because I I can't imagine and and I think Branch Rickey was the guy who wanted to hire Jackie and said look you can never outwardly strike back you have to keep that in I can't even imagine that. You know, you and I were talking about the whole, the, the movie Green Book. And you think about the one part in the Green Book was like, it was shocking when they brought it to the whole basketball format. Mm-hmm. And the guy said, they started talking about, yeah, the World Champion Boston Celtics came through here. And uh, yeah, they're big kahuna. And they were talking about Bill Russell wanted to eat. And the guy said, I wonder where he ate at. And the, guy, and the manager of the restaurant, I know. It wasn't here because we don't accept. We weren't taking on black people. We didn't allow blacks to come in our restaurant and sit down and eat. And they were barnstorming. So, but for Jackie Robinson, what he did, what he had to endure, I can't even, I can't even fathom that. It was a story that my father, my father and mother and my family, we were in, Brunswick, Georgia, 1964. My father just got back from Vietnam, or maybe a little bit later. Maybe it was a little bit later. Maybe it was 66. But he had gotten back, and we were, me and my brother, went into a bathroom in the in, in the gas station. Used the bathroom, and the guy didn't see us. And then we came back out, and my mother was going in afterwards. Afterwards. And he said, um, no, miss, you can't, no, no, you, you can't go in there. I said, what? No, your bathroom is in the grease pits. Nasty. Di- the thing that we, people do every day is go to the bathroom. So one of the most common things you do is like eating the breathing. You got, you got to go to the bathroom. They took that away because of the color of your skin. That to me is unimaginable. I know a lot of people like to talk about, oh, my God, I remember and this and no. I lived it. I didn't read about it. I lived it during that time. That's how I learned about and, it. And then that's why I, I know it. Yeah. You running for a textbook. I, I lived it. There were there was signs in my hometown of Kinston, North Carolina, colored and white. My grandfather, I'm still just blown away. My great grandfather, in order to read, it was something called the Jim Crow uh, rule. In order to vote, he had to be able to read the preamble to the Constitution. Dude, how many people know that? But 
because of who he was, he couldn't read. They would not allow him to, you know, vote. And he was the last person. I do remember him signing his name. And he signed his name with an X. Mm-hmm. Was He didn't know how to, how to read or write. So that, to me, was just like a whole other thing. But uh, what Jackie Robinson had to endure as a person, I mean, it defies anything that I could even imagine. Did you ever go through something like that coming up, like playing high school or college? No. Or predominantly white schools, no? No, we never did. I think that when I, by the time I was coming up playing in the 70s, a lot of those things were, if it was, it was underground. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like it is, you know, during that particular time when you couldn't go into a building or you couldn't go into an entrance or, you know, or you could not. You could, just think of it this way. You couldn't drink out of a water fountain. Because the water fountain had the word white on it. Whites only. Whites only. You couldn't go sit in a a doctor's office. You couldn't go into, you couldn't get on a bus. Wow. You go on the bus, there was an area for colors. There was an area for whites only. You know, we, we, I talk about that, but also you talk about Rosa Parks. You know, the black woman who was just tired. Said, I ain't moving. I ain't getting out of this damn seat. The white man said, no, this is white air. No, I ain't moving. <laughs> Hell with this. <laughs> Screw you and whoever, you know. Man, uh, when, a, when a black woman's fed up, oh, that's it. Black woman pissed off and tired. <laughs> and you tired. And tired. Feet hurting. Yeah, Rosa Parks like, Hell no, I ain't moving. And that's you started. You have to arrest me. Look, right? that started. That started the revolution. Yeah. I, that essentially, so there were people in Greensboro, North Carolina, who wanted to eat. And it was a, I want to say it was Chris. It was a uh, five and dime type store, you know, Woolworths. And they were, and those students at Greensboro were eating at the lunch counter. They were spit on. They were thrown at. Yeah, I mean, we, we talk about this stuff. And, and even now, if I, I think about it, just how threatening it is, could you imagine? I don't know the number, but it was, I think I want to say it was five young black kids who went into a predominantly white school and they were kids. Mm-hmm. And it was a little segment in Forrest Gump about it where you show these kids and then the people were protesting and throwing and all this. But these were First and second graders. Wow. First and second graders going into a classroom to get educated. That people did not want them to go into that school because of the color of their skin. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine somebody right now protesting against a second grader or a first grader in today's world? Just trying to learn his times tables. Just trying to learn how to, yeah, how to, how to read and write. Yeah. Read and write. Yeah. I, I got to think about somebody called me a coon or a nigga. That's, that to me is like like you going home. Just, you're terrified. Yeah. Those were people, even as great as Jackie Robinson was, those kids were even beyond him because they didn't even know how to comprehend what was happening. At least Jackie Robinson was an older man, but these kids who went to school at that time and went through that abuse to go into this all-white school, can't imagine what you had to learn Mm. and what your parents had to tell you. How afraid were you if you were a parent Mm. 
of a kid you like had to that. Have that conversation. You had to say, look, you're unfortunately you're different. Yeah, right? but you're gonna I mean, go through things that but not I'm, every kid I'm not goes even through. thinking about that. I'm thinking about as a parent, what are you thinking about your child every single moment that that child has left? You're wondering, is that child gonna make it home? That that isn't the kind of life that you think about what America was and where we are now and and all the differences and kind of we're bridging and going back and forth. But those kids are my idols. That five, I want to say, I think it was five that went into that grade school in Alabama or Mississippi or wherever it was. Those kids are are my heroes Mm -hmm. that I look at and going, oh, my God, the intestinal fortitude. Now, when I start thinking about basketball or think about athletes, I always think about Jackie Robinson because he was the first real black person that went into our national pastime and had to do what he had to do. I mean, there was a there was supposedly an article that the Red Sox did not want Jackie Robinson on the field, and. That was one that was Yaki mm-hmm. said, get that nigga off my field. Reportedly, get that nigga off my field. Boston Red Sox were the last team to integrate. Mm-hmm. Boston Red Sox, last team to take on a black player. And this is like, this is like 50 years ago. This isn't 50 like, years ago. And now let's, fa- let's, well, let's fast forward and let's go about going to the White House. <laughs> <laughs> You never gonna let this go. I would never, never let that let down. That wasn't that. That wasn't, dude. And you're talking about the one of the most uncoolest things that's ever been in Boston to me is that. Is that's that? Huh? That's up there. That is, is it Jackie Robinson number one? Number two is going to the Wilds. I don't even because I mean they're they're together because of what the Red Sox did. You applaud the Red Sox by going well, Yaki Way, and he was racist. So we're going to get rid of Yaki Way, Jersey Street. Now we're going to turn it into Jersey Street. Yep. Okay. We applaud you, Red Sox. Mm-hmm. You're sensitive. You understand things. Four months later, you go to the White House? Smiling next to Donald Trump. Yeah, with no, with no <laughs> black people. <laughs> and, and Mookie Betts like, is, Mookie Betts is your star player. It's like, they, they, like they, 13 who, players next to, yeah, next to Donald Trump. Who, who is, and, and we can speak even more to you, like, who is your coach? Yeah. Alex Cora. What, what does he mean to you? <laughs> means a lot. What did First they, manager to win the World okay, Series. What, what did they mean to him when they went to the world, when they went to the White House? Slap in the face. <laughs> Slap in the face. My, my, my guy was down in Puerto Rico trying to help out his people. Meanwhile, the rest of the squad is going to, going to the White House, shaking hands with Trump. He spoke out about it, too, which is good. But they didn't care. The organization didn't care. Well, and you asked me where you said how I can't let go of that. That's why I can't let go. It's like I look at what they did. I applaud them on one hand. And if I can applaud you on one hand, I can sure criticize you on the other hand mm-hmm. for what you what you did. That was just like, really? I mean, even that, what, even the whole thing with, you know, the the um, uh, the Patriots going and then just carrying a certain amount of people there. I, I, di- I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. But you didn't go out of your way as a patriot to change the, change the street mm-hmm. because somebody was racist. And all the things that Yaki has done for this, for, you know, the Yaki family has done for Boston, you know, with the hospital mm-hmm. and all the people who have benefited from the hospital. 
But you decided at that time that his racist views were enough to make you change a street that was near the ballpark. Mm-hmm. The oldest ballpark in America, too. Right. You All cha- that tradition. Why, why, why did you, you change the street? I asked you that question. Why, why did they change the street? Why did they change it to make themselves look good? Why mean? did they change it? I mean, why did they change it? Because, oh, because of what Yaki stood for. The last person that wanted to see a, a, a black player in a Red Sox uniform, he had some of the most talented prospects, but he would never make sure they would never get moved up. They stayed in AAA or they stayed in the minors on purpose. Even throughout those years where they, they needed some good players to get right. moved up because they were an awful team for, right. for X right. amount of years, he refused to bring them up. He'd either trade them or he'd stick with what and, he got. And you decided at that time that those racist views made it so that you had to change a street that was named for him. But then three months later, you win the World Series. <laughs> we go to the White House. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> It's time to be Donald Trump. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Is that how that goes? Is that is that how that goes? You ask me why I can't let it go? Okay, well, you, in the past as well, you get mad when people say Boston's a racist city. No, I can't let it go. When you see stuff like that happen, no, you, know, no, you don't no, know no, why no, people no, think I that. I wouldn't think that Boston is a racist city, but that's a racist thing to happen. I don't think that Boston is a racist. I don't think Boston has a monopoly on racism. But they, people tie it in. I don't think from the, the Boston, outside looking in, people tie it in. I don't in. think that Boston has a monopoly on racism. I really don't, man. I've been. I was in. I was in L.A. when I played with the Clippers, and I'm sitting in front of. I was downtown, going to have lunch with this girl, and I remember, I'm sitting in this car, and I hear somebody over the microphone going, "You in the blue car." Put your hands outside the window. And I'm thinking like, whoa, that's somebody who's in trouble. So I looked at my car. It was blue. I was like, what the hell? The <laughs> dude comes up on me. I got my hands out. I'm like, what did I do? It's reported that a car was stolen oh, from the airport. I'm a multi-millionaire. I, dude, what the hell are you talking about? And then the guy, after it was over, the guy goes, you're Cedric Maxwell, aren't you? <laughs> you might have your autograph. What? <laughs> oh Please man! Like no, I did. Up there, there was a policeman. There was a policeman. I did, but it was like, are you, oh, are you serious though? When it comes to that, you fit the description. Description of what? A blue car was stolen. That's all they needed to know. A blue car was stolen. A black man was in it. I mean, that happened to me when I was in school one time, and I, I remember college. We used to go. At UNC Charlotte, and during the 70s, we'd make these late runs, and it was a place legendary called Krispy Kreme Donuts. And late at night, they'd have a red light on. That light meant that the donuts were going to be yeah. hot. Yeah, and they were going to be fresh. fresh. Yeah, we used to have fresh, one here in uh, Fresh and hot. Yeah. So we'd make a run, me and this white guy, at 2 o'clock in the morning. We'd go in, we'd get our donuts, we'd come back, and all of a sudden, these police cars come about seven, eight police cars come out of no place, surround us, tell us to put our hands up. He gets out of the car and he gets out of the car and they're, they're, they're looking at him. He has his hands up and they tell me to get out of the car. Next, I get out of the car and I stand up and the, I hear the guy on the microphone said, too tall, Joe. He's too tall. <laughs> <laughs> and all the cars disappeared and we're standing there 
essentially like shocked, like what the hell happened? They identified there was a black guy and a white robber, and I was six foot eight, and that's the reason we that you know they and they just like didn't say a word, just out here. He's too tall, Joe. He's too tall. <laughs> All the police cars disappear, and then we're in the middle of the street going, what what, what happened? What the hell happened? So people want to identify about blackness. No apology, no nothing. So wow. people want to identify about blackness and issues about people. Dude, I've lived all these things that most people want to talk about. I've lived most of them. I can't say I lived all of them, but I was I was alive when Martin Luther King was assassinated. I was around then. I was during the 60s and during the early 50s when you could not go into a bathroom. You could not go into a restaurant. You couldn't go to certain places because you were black. So that's why I have a different perspective, of course, than what somebody else might have right. about blackness and about these issues we talk about race and and what's funny and what's not and you know those are that's why I, you know and I'm not saying that I'm as I like to say the professor <laughs> of ebonics and I know it all about racism and all that but I lived a lot of things that people have only read about. This episode of the Cedric Maxwell Podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Right now, when you head over to BetOnline.ag and enter the promo code CLNS50, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus just for listening to this podcast. A minimum deposit of $55 is required to qualify for the bonus. Please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions. That's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag, your go-to site for online betting. Make sure you enter that promo code CLNS50. All right, let's get back to Cedric Maxwell. Damn, Max. I got, I have stories too, but your stories are just over there. They taught minds, man. I, I can't even, like, to get pulled over, the quote-unquote fit the description thing, and then obviously what you saw as a kid, man, you saw, you saw a lot. Too tall. I always remember those words. <laughs> Too tall, Joe. <laughs> soup, soup. All these cars disappear. <laughs> and we're standing there with at two o'clock, two thirty in the morning with hot donuts. <laughs> we're like, you still got donuts? Yeah, we still no. We had already bought, oh, bought the donuts. We had already bought the donuts. You know, hot donuts. All of a sudden, these squad cars come out of no place. It was a black black guy and a white guy who were robbing people. And they identified it as us until I got out of the car and I stood up at 6 8. Too tall, Joe. Too tall. <laughs> <laughs> Cars all gone. We're all just like, what? I <laughs> Guess we'll go back to eating the donuts. <laughs> we'll let them get cold. Give me, uh, give me someone else, man. Who else is an um, influential, influential person in your life? Well, I think my father would be because he was a, he's the one that went to Vietnam, watched him how he grew up, you know, the things he went through. And, you know, Muhammad Ali, mm-hmm. um, you know, all these different athletes who were before me, um, the two gentlemen who at the, uh, and I will, I will get their names wrong, so I'm not going to go there, but they were at the Olympics mm-hmm. in 1960. Uh, John Carlos is one of them. I forgot the other gentleman's name. But, you know, they give the uh, black power uh, salute, put, put a black glove on uh, on the stands and they get run out of the Olympic Village because of, you know, for what they did and what they said. And you fast forward to that now and you think about Kaepernick kneeling. Mm-hmm. 
some things haven't changed as much as we want to really, you know, that we really like. That we think, oh my God, it's such a different country, different time. Mm-hmm. And then you see stuff like that where these two men, one, you know, one medal. They, they had medaled. One had won uh, a race and the other one was third. And they got ostracized because of their political, you know, opinions. Mm-hmm. And that was after... That's after they had won. They didn't, and they didn't say anything. All they did was put their fists up in the air, put their fists up in the air in solidarity. Kaepernick, when he goes out, didn't say anything. And Neil, what just, does he say? Just Neil. Just it. Neil. Yeah. And he talked to a person. He talked to a veteran about this, and the veteran told him how. You know what would be right. What would what, what would yeah. be respectful mm-hmm. to you know our veterans, but our president turned that around completely and made it one of these things like you know hey, you know, wouldn't you just like to see him get one of those son of a bitches and you know you're fired? And I remember this one of the uh, football players said you know my mom isn't the son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. My mom's she, not a bitch. Yeah. My mom, you know, has cultivated, you know, classrooms. She has mentored all these different kids. So it's just really, I mean, we're we're in a we're in a more of a chaotic time than and you know, and here I was, literally brought to tears when Obama won the presidency. And now I feel like <laughs> I feel like we've feel like we've as far as we went forward. I feel like we've gone that far backwards now. We've gone just the opposite way. President Obama was, I don't care if you liked him, didn't like him, he was a dignified president that we could look at every single day and we go, that's my president. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, even if you did not like him, I don't think that you could go like, oh my God, you know, he embarrassed me. Mm-hmm. He did something to that. He was presidential. Yeah, he was presidential. Whereas we look at, our president now, and he is our president still. He's our president, and we look at him going, "What did he say? What did he say about the weather map?" It's every week. Uh, well, Sharpie game. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> I said it's, it's going to pray for Alabama. It's not even going to Alabama. <laughs> and now I'm going to sell some pens to make money about a mistake that I made. Um, Dude, never can be wrong. Anybody who can't be wrong is an idiot. Anybody who can't admit that they were wrong issue is, an apology. Is, that, yeah, is an idiot. Yeah. Is, is, a, is a damn idiot. If you're that blindsided that you can't see that, hey, I made a mistake, and you're representing not just your constituents, but you're representing all of us. And this isn't even a mistake that would be criticizing the Democrats or Mm-mm. the Liberal Party. This is just a mistake that he just yeah. made a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Hurricane wasn't going that way. You just didn't do your research enough. You didn't look up. Let your, me get. Let me get the pin. Hold on. Hold on. Let me get the pin. I think it's going to Alabama. <laughs> and my man Jimmy Cantori, who is one of the best weathermen out there, goes. No, it's no, it's not. It's gonna, it's gonna take a turn and go up Florida coastline. Yeah, it's like, really? I can imagine talking to his publicist too, telling him the situation. You know what, President? Hey, take this sharpie over. Yeah. We're gonna fix this real quick. Nobody will notice. You'll <laughs> be alright. The president, he is. But what if Obama did that, Max? I always. Think, oh what if Obama did that? man. Well, it's, it's really just strange because you would think there are times when you think about, 
Obama is almost seems like that's all that's on Donald Trump's mind. Mm. Everything that Obama did. Ah, nope. Get rid of that. Yeah. Ah, nope. I don't want that. Uh, Obama, he did. Dude, you're the president now. Obama did his. Uh, Obama did his eight years. Right. Right. Mr. Obama did his eight years. Show us what you got. You got. Yeah. yeah. You, you give me your. Give me your thing. You. you why are you always measuring like the first day of you know when he became the president? I had more people than Obama. <laughs> Dude, here's a, you didn't run against Obama. Just <laughs> yeah, but but they show a picture <laughs> of the screen and say, okay, here's a crowd that was at Obama's inauguration. All these people, and here's the crowd, and it's smaller. Mm. You lying? It's fake news. It's a, it's a picture of the people who are there. How do you go? How, how do you? How do you? I, I was talking to a woman who was just in my house the other day, and I, I felt something that I, I said. I was talking about the president. She was like, "Well, we can't let everybody in this country." Too. I want to say, it, if the rules were the way Trump wants it now. His father would have never gotten in. Yeah. A lot of people would have never gotten in this yeah. country because, oh, you got to bring a college education. Hey, people, hey, people can even read and write. It will come from Ireland and coming from all these different countries. You can from wherever. But mm-hmm. and I understand about venting and bringing people in your country, but you've gotten to a point now where America, America was the land of opportunity. That people looked over the country, looked over, you know. Europe is saying, oh, my God, those, you know, that woman in the harbor, you know, mm-hmm. give me your, you know, your tired, your weak, your sick, whatever it is. And, you know, OK, you, you know, you can come to this country and make mm-hmm. something of yourself. Not just yourself, but you can make something of your family, your yeah. generation, generation, generation after generation. You've paved the well, way. That's what Donald Trump's family did. Donald Trump's family did so that. Why is anyone understanding then? That's the problem. <laughs> I, I think because lacks compassion, lacks because I think president. he, I think he's tapped into what he's tapped into one thing about what's going to make him president again, and he doesn't care what the party wants to hear. That's that what what, whatever everything he says, and, and whatever they say is like the whole thing about doubling down. Mm-hmm. I'm a double, down, I'm a triple down. You know that sharpie. Matter of fact, I'm gonna get those sharpies. I'm gonna put my name on them. I'm gonna sell them. <laughs> Like, you're gonna do what? But he won't go on record and say I, I fucked up. He won't say that. He'll never say that. Hello. Hello. We can end right there. Somebody give me a napkin so I can wipe my mouth. Ah.